Hi, everybody. It's Pete Oliver. Welcome to the Emerge on Purpose podcast. This podcast is for sales reps and managers who want to become better leaders. Each show, we'll talk about a different leadership principle that will help sales reps and managers emerge on purpose. Welcome, everyone. I'm Pete Oliver, host of the Emerge on Purpose podcast. And with me today, we have my colleague, Jeremy McDowell. So Jeremy and I go way back. He was a client. Now he's my colleague and he's a, he's a member of our Sailfish team. I'm really excited to have him here today. He is a preparation animal. We're going to talk today about coaching preparation. That's the topic. So before we get into it, Jeremy, can you give us a little bit on your background? Yeah. And Pete, definitely. Thanks for having me. Um, to my background, gosh, I mean, obviously background in tech sales, uh, but even before then, I swear, I, I feel like I've been selling something for the longest time. You know, one of my first go- jobs was when I was like 17, 18 years old, selling stereos at Circuit City. If you remember Circuit City way back when. Yeah, absolutely. But eventually got into tech sales and um, worked my way up as an SDR, as a BDR working for a big company. I worked at SAP and Success Factors. And working at a big company was phenomenal because we had all these resources, you know, and lots of training, on-the-job training. And parlayed that experience into getting into the startup world at a company called Utest, an applause, in a closing role. And that's really where I started my climb. So starting my climb, I think my introduction to Sandler with you specifically really accelerated that growth because it helped me set myself apart from the rest of the pack and helped me climb that leaderboard. And I was a little bit of a, in a different life position than a lot of my peers, you know, that were, you know, on my team at UTEST. And what I think that allowed me to do is the coaching piece and the, you know, the you know, teaching and the team lead thing came more naturally. I started to be like a natural people where people would come around and say, Hey, how are you doing this? And I really enjoyed that. I really liked these light bulb moments that would go off for people where I could help with their growth. So that led me to take on more of a leadership position over time. Uh, worked at through the acquisition over there. And I love the startup mindset, you know, of like everyone wears a lot of different hats and you have this more accelerated growth. So worked at another few startups after that and, you know, timing and that's a little bit of background. But one of the things that was great about this transition is spending time coaching, training and selling, which are the three things I love most about my job. I appreciate that, Jeremy. And I, I think this topic specifically is interesting when you look at a technology space because everything is moving so fast and we end up reacting to, to what's happening around us out of necessity But we do believe at Sandler that at times, sometimes we need to slow the process down in order to speed it up. And I think, you know, the five P's, right? Can can you describe what those five P's stand for? The Boston version or the? (laughs) That would be the six P's. Let's do the five P's. Prior preparation prevents poor performance. You got it. You got it. Yeah. And as a salesperson in general, we, I think we all know that we can, we can spend our life helping other people accomplish their plan, which 
basically means we're reacting to what's happening around us, including the quotas that are thrust upon us. Or we can be a part of our own plan. And that means that we're thinking strategically about our business. It means we're thinking strategically about our deals. We're getting less tactical. So in order to do that, preparation is a part of that, right? So that's what we want to unpack today is, is how do we, first off, get, get our reps to have that preparation mindset. And then after that happens, okay, well, how are we actually going to do that? So I'd like you to help us unpack that a little bit today. So uh, can we start with, give us the importance of preparation. Why is it so important in your eyes? Preparation is almost a secret weapon when you want to have a productive sales meeting because preparation allows you to build rapport so much easier and be so much more relevant when you're speaking to clients and prospective clients. And it really helps you to add that credibility that I've done my research, I understand your business, and it really helps to establish that trust so that you can qualify because you can qualify easier and faster if you've got some research under your belt and you're prepared. Okay, cool. Wait, give me a sense for when do you want to invest the time to do the preparation? Is is there some secret sauce there in your eyes? I think it's different for everybody. You don't want to do it five minutes before the meeting. That's when you don't want to do it. Okay. You know, you don't want to do it five, you know, best practice, I'd say, um, what's worked for me and how I've coached some of my team members in the past is take a look at your week ahead of all the meetings that you have coming up and spend some time to plan the day before um, the night ahead. And what I mean by that is even if you, you we got this pre-meeting planner, you know, start to sketch out your pre-meeting planner, you know, work on the pre-meeting planner with your team. You know, if you're a leader, work on it in the one-on-ones. Hey, show me some of the pre-meeting planners you have coming up for meetings in your in your schedule this week. So I'd say that that's it. Just as long as it's like the day before, a couple of hours in advance minimum. But just, you know, I think from the behavior standpoint and attitude standpoint, people can show up and say, oh, I'm ready to go. I'm just going to roll through this. You know, I've got my pitch down. Or they'll spend five minutes on the company's website right before. But it's really a disservice to them and to the company. Okay. So let's, let's say we're a new leader. Yeah. Don't look at the resume five minutes before you're going to interview, interview somebody. That's it's right. basically what you're saying. Right. It'd be like, would you look at the, the person's bio two minutes before you're going to talk to them? I guess that's better than nothing. But if we were more purposeful about it up front, I think that's going to go a long way. So give me a sense for what are the elements of the preparation? And let's, let's just look at this specific to a sales meeting. Right. So we want to coach up preparation with our people. So if we're going to help our people prep in an effective way, what are those elements that should go into the prep? Yeah, that's a really good question. And you can go so many different ways with it. Um, Some people, their mindset is, I just want to know about the company and what their business is. But I'd recommend learning more about the person that you're going to be speaking to, because that's how you're going to start to build that champion. And What I mean by that is understand their world, look them up on LinkedIn, find out if you've got any connections in common, find out if, you know, maybe you've got some commonality, but more importantly, try to decipher like what's their view on their values, you know, find out if you can distinguish what their disc style is from the language that they have, you know, find out what's important to them because from a preparation standpoint, 
If you do your research only on the company, you're missing the mark because it's a human to human interaction that you're having. And if you can find out, I can see based on what my, you know, what I'm researching here, that they may value team versus goals and outcomes. That's going to change the way I approach the conversation. So that, that would be where I'd say start is research the person and then try to understand their world. You, you mentioned that the Sandler pre-meeting planner, shameless plug there, but it, it can be found on Evernote as a form. It's, it can be found on Sandler's website. And I think what you just mentioned is on there. What other elements are on that pre-meeting planner that you think will help folks get ready for meetings? The big ones are the upfront contract and the questions to be ready to ask. Love it. Maybe even more important or how to play uh, offense, you know, and have those questions ready and think about what questions you might be asked. What questions you might be asked is going to be key because then it's going to take the reaction out of it. You can just be present in the moment. Good. Yeah, I, I love that. I also love the part where it, it basically prompts you to determine your primary and secondary objective for the meeting. It's, it's almost like if you don't know where you're going, you're going to end up someplace else. And this makes you think about, okay, let's pretend this meeting goes well. What does that mean for the meeting itself? And then what does that mean for the clear next step? And then that process will help us set the upfront contract later, later in, in, in the planning process as well. This is not a podcast on the upfront contract, but since we brought it up, I think it might be good if we describe what that actually meant. And to me, that upfront contract is the culmination of your pre-planning process because you can verbalize out what you believe the agendas for the meetings are and then what the potential outcomes could be. But can you give us a two minutes on your thoughts on what that upfront contract actually is in Sandler terms? In Sandler terms, it's a mutually agreed to agenda that you agree to in advance of the meeting, what exactly will happen in that meeting and what potential outcomes are. So that's the definition. But I'd say the secondary and, and more importantly is this is your first opportunity to establish equal business stature. And I think that's a point that's often missed is that preparation is having confidence in the right mindset going into the meeting that you do have equal footing with whoever you're speaking to, regardless of title. So it's a way to establish equal business stature. Jeremy, that's a, that's a great point. I think the preparation in and of itself allows us to have that equal business stature mindset because we have a plan. We're going to have more confidence. If we've thought about what we're going to do before we do it, it obviously means we're going to have confidence and then confidence will create equal business stature. So the preparation process itself should allow us to, to get equal business stature in my mind. It's a great point. Okay. So why I think we've hit that. We're going to get equal business stature. We're going to be prepared. We're going to know what our goals are. We're going to have the agendas laid out. We're going to seem more like we're strategy driven versus tactical. I think all of that is cool. So in addition to the pre-meeting planner, can you give us any other tips or tricks on how you can execute that preparation process? Role play. Love and it. Role play in advance. It's if you're, if you're a performer in a, in a Broadway play, you don't want to practice your lines in front of an audience. <laughs> <laughs> so you want to be prepared. And what I mean by that is I, I remember going up and down the back stairwell practicing, you know, my talk tracks and my pitch so that I could say it in my sleep, you know, 
And then if you practice that in advance, like practice makes perfect. You know, repetition is the mother of skill. And if you can say the words and know the words and have them inside and out, you can be like a jazz musician and you know the chord changes, you know the scales, right? But now you can improvise because now you know where you can go with the conversation and it's fluid. So that's preparation right there. Okay. So there's the how we want the meeting to go strategically and then executing the meeting through that two four-letter words of role play, which is yeah. not even a one four-letter. It's two, it's got two four-letter words in it. So how there's some head trash happening in the sales ranks around practice. I think it's getting better because it's, it's there's tools out there that help us do it more effectively. And I think people are becoming more okay with failure and growth. So I, I think role play is, is, it's not as taboo as it used to be. Mm-hmm. So specifically to that, what are your recommendations there at new leader? How do I coach people to want to role play? Cause that is good preparation. How do we, how do we coach people to want to do it? I think one of the the roadblocks to role-playing is sometimes the pressure that we feel in sales to just deliver, right? And role-playing is definitely one of those slow down to speed up moments. And if you think about a rep in their, even their leader, right, their manager's schedule, chances are if they're doing well, most days they're jumping from one meeting to the next and their minds are spinning. So, A couple of ways to make sure that role-playing becomes part of the day is, you know, instead of having it be a big event, have it be a small increment. What I used to do with one of my teams is we'd meet at, you know, 7.50, 7.55 in the morning, and we would role-play out a certain scenario for five minutes, 10 minutes, you know, the six of us in a room, and then we got it done. Then, you know, we would work that in. So we did that three times a week. Excellent. Excellent. I like those small team role play roundtable type events. It's it's also good to get buddy systems within the team itself yes. where they pair up. So we as leaders don't need to be there all the time when they're doing the role plays. Those are also good. Uh, I, I also th- love the idea of in this virtual selling world we have, we can record our calls and there's no reason why we can't go back mm-hmm. and replay what we did. And then role play what we wished we'd done. Yeah, that's a good point. But we have one-on-ones with our team. What we would do is we'd have the pre-call planner and we'd say, okay, cool. Let's role play this out. If it was going to be a challenging conversation or they wanted to practice some of these pivot moments. But I like your idea about the debrief part of it too. And there's so many tools out there, you know, for sales enablement that make that easy, that make it a coachable moment. Awesome. Okay. So we have, let's... Let's decide from a strategy perspective what we want to do in the meeting. So we're leading the the dance, if you will. Let's hone our skills with some talk tracks and do some role plays. Give us one more how-to. How do we execute prep as a a salesperson or a sales leader? I'd say ask smarter questions. And what I mean by that is, for example, look at job descriptions. You know, if you have a meeting set with a company, look at their headcount, look at some trends. Are they hiring? Is the company growing? But look at job descriptions for the role 
that you support with your solution. Because you can find out what their tech stack is. You'll be able to find out what's important to them from a priorities perspective. You know, like if, if you're in security, for example, you could look up and do some research on a company and find out, hey, this role is a key component to our AWS integration. And boom, you know that they're going through a digital transformation. You know that they're looking at AWS integration and all this information you can capture. You can leverage that for commonality and rapport when you start asking smart questions. So I think that's a key thing. Okay. I love that. Let's shift gears a little bit in the the five minutes we have left here. Preparation as a new leader. Let's, Let's hit that for a minute. So I think it's obviously important that we can coach up preparation for our teams, but as leaders, we want to lead from the front. What are those key elements of preparation you think are key for leaders to basically make their own climb? Anything that comes to mind there as far as I basically call it the important but not urgent time where it's important that we're thinking ahead and preparing. But as a new leader, like what, what are those key focus areas that you think we should look at? Now, you're talking about if it's a, a year in an existing company and you understand the culture and you're rising through the ranks or more if you're stepping into a company as a new leader within that company. Either, either way. Yeah. Um, I can give you an anecdote, you know, working at a company. So there's product driven companies and there's sales driven companies. And sometimes when a new sales leader comes into a product driven company, it's like culture shock. You know, it was for me at a few places And the whole concept of preparation and coaching preparation was so foreign, you know, to the team that I was growing and and nurturing. So for that perspective, it was helping them to have the awareness of what it is. And it became, you look at the success triangle, right? And the mindset, you know, the mindset, the attitude, the behavior, and the technique of this. So this team specifically that I'm thinking of, um, it wasn't even on their radar. So it's not that they had a good mindset or a bad mindset about it either way, you know, but they were just focused on the product and product, product, product. And when we show up, we just talk about the product. So what happened in that scenario is we broke it down like success triangle. Okay, cool. Let's increase our awareness of it and why it might be important. And then we started to do the behavior of it. But more importantly, we started to implement the technique So I think you have to take a look and see what's the culture of my team and where are they in those three pillars of, you know, attitude, behavior and technique when it comes to preparation and be able to attack the appropriate one. Okay, it makes a ton of sense. I think in that scenario, if you're if you're you don't want to assume anything. Yeah. So the preparation is getting your baseline. Basically, it's like, okay, we're here. We want to be here. That's the gap. But we can't solve this something where we don't understand our baseline. So that would become part of your preparation as a new leader to figure that out. Yes. Okay. That makes sense. Makes yeah. a ton of sense. Cool. Okay. So one success story around how preparation can have an impact on results. Yeah. I had a team member and I really, you know, you've had team members that you really are proud of. You know, that you've seen them climb and then you follow their career after they leave your your wing at the nest, so to speak. Uh, but one particular team member, uh, from a preparation standpoint, he became a preparation beast. 
you know, we'd run these different spiffs in terms of discovery meetings and qualified opportunities. But his preparation really helped him to nail these discovery meetings that he was having. And his pipeline, because of that, just skyrocketed. And it was real deals, like real qualified pipeline. And then because of that, because he'd done the preparation, because he had the upfront contract and he was more articulate with the execution of that, he had shorter deal cycles too. So he's a, when, when I think about a success story, you know, I'm really proud of that, that teammate. Love it. Preparation means you're working hard, but you're also working smart. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to make it feel like you're more in control. And this isn't kind of an unknown concept to some extent, but people are more happy in their roles when they have more responsibility. So if they spend the time to do the preparation, it's, it's creating self-responsibility because now they have to execute on what they've decided they're going to do. So giving your team time to, to slow down and, and do some prep is actually going to improve their satisfaction because their responsibility rates are going to go through the roof. It's, it's amazing how often that gets overlooked because I think we all end up reacting to our days so much that if we don't leave time to do the preparation, then it's, we're basically going to be a part of somebody else's plan. Yeah. Jeremy, I much appreciate you being on the podcast. Great having you here. And our next one, we're going to flip the script a little bit and then I'm going to get interviewed by Lisa and we're going to talk about the book that's coming out. It's pretty, pretty fun. So Jeremy, thanks a lot for joining. Really appreciate your insight on coaching preparation until next time, everybody have fun making the climb. Thanks to you, our listeners. If you would like to support the Emerge On Purpose podcast and help us spread the word, please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. You can also subscribe to the Emerge On Purpose podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening right now. If you want to reach me, by the way, you can. LinkedIn.com forward slash the word in forward slash Sailfish Peak. That's S-A-L-E-F-I-S-H. P-E-A-K.